Welcome to another episode of Consider This. My name is Justin, and I have the privilege of being one of the ministers here at Sunnybrook Christian Church, and I am here with my brothers Drew Moss and Ryan Vincent, and we are going to be talking about the oh-so-fun subject of judgment. What are some of the misconceptions that we have about judgment, and what does the Bible actually say about it? Hope you enjoy. Okay, here's the thing. Sunday. When the, the lights went out in the middle of me preaching, yeah, I went to pray in the sanctuary this week, and it was dark. And I started going down the rabbit hole. What if things go dark? If the lights yeah, yeah. go out for an extended period, we're in trouble. We are very tied to electricity, yes. folks. Yes, we are. <laughs> I started thinking, like, who, what farmers do I know that would let me live there? <laughs> Food and shelter. Food I think, and shelter. I think yeah. before we would miss like electric light bulbs, we would all be like, "How much batteries in my phone?" Right. Now? <laughs> yeah, no doubt that would be. Are my frozen pizzas gonna make it till tomorrow? <laughs> that would be your thought. <laughs> oh, you guys um, at least know how to like hunt, right? Because yes. I would just be like, "Well, <laughs> it's either gonna have to be that deer or me, so I guess it's gonna be me." <laughs> I can't do this. The problem uh, is when Drew goes down, we're all like, oh, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that joyous note, we are here to talk about judgment. And you have to say it like that throughout the rest of the podcast. So if you say judgment, please say it like judgment. Okay, we can do that. Okay, perfect. Do that. Okay. See if Steve can get some like bum, bum, bum Ooh, behind us whenever we, whenever we throw that in there. Yeah, that's a copyright issue, so we'll see about uh, that. Uh, Facebook slash Meta may not, not like He us plays it on his guitar or on his little organ. Oh my goodness. If Steve was Keep able to have a, an organ or a keyboard back there while we were doing this, next level. <laughs> okay, I've got a question for you. I want you to make a, just a snap judgment. Snap judgment. What is the best food and the worst food that is a debated food group slash meal? Okay, so it's not like like steak. We all agree steak's good. So I gotta yeah. like something that's. But if you debated. were to say that's steak not is actually debated. not good, that would be like yeah. Okay, whoa. hot yeah. take. Hot, hot take. take. Okay. okay, hot take on food. Okay, is this hot take to say ketchup is the worst? Yeah, uh, I don't like I, ketchup either. I do not like. It's ke- the worst. I can do ketchup on. Here's my here's my rule actually. Hot dog. Ketchup never goes on meat. Which you can, you can you can debate whether hot Wait. dogs fit in that category or not. I started thinking like vegetables, <laughs> like cereal. No, I can do it on like French fries. That's okay. like the one yeah. thing I can do it on. But I don't want it on. I don't want it on my burgers. I don't want it on my hot dogs. I don't want it on. I you know I hate like when my kids dip their steak in ketchup. <laughs> oh, that's okay, like, I don't I don't even like ketchup on fries. I'll eat it on a hot dog. I don't, I don't know why that's yeah. okay for me, but. This morning, my wife had to leave early to take our youngest son to the dentist, and so I'm getting out of the shower. She says, hey, you need to make the kids lunch before school, and I'm like, cool. What do they like? And she tells me, and she goes, well, Audrey likes a peanut butter and honey sandwich, and Matthew likes a sandwich with meat and cheese, and then she looked at me, and she goes, and ketchup. Uh, and I said, what? Uh, <laughs> I did dude. not know this about him. I have lost so much respect for this eight-year-old but <laughs> yes ketchup on a sandwich on like a deli meat sandwich yes. that just sounds like and ooh. so i just kind of in sheer disappointment made that thing for him this morning thinking i hope your friends don't know this 
<laughs> he's uh, probably not the only one. I think one. I, gr- I I like ketchup. I, I graduated, though, from ketchup on everything to, like, Chick-fil-A sauce on everything. Yeah. So I'm really <laughs> yeah, happy. I become, hey, I can that, respect that. Is that a I, graduation? Yeah, it is. On it is. everything? <laughs> For my mouth, it is. I can respect that. <laughs> okay, so. Food I like, though, that most people hate. I love, like, black licorice. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, like, good and plenty, all that kind of stuff. Well, yep. you have a black soul, so <laughs> it would make sense that you like, like black licorice. So much judgment just, right here. It's grandma candy is what <laughs> that is. I love grandma candy. Grandmas who have no <laughs> taste buds left in their mouth. And I love sauerkraut. I'll eat sauerkraut. On, I'll eat it out of the jar. I love that kind of stuff. That's a little far, but I would eat yeah, it. Yeah, I can handle it, but I'm not I'm not spoonfulling <laughs> that stuff into my mouth. <laughs> Anything surprisingly good that you like? Or uh, not good that you do like? Not good that I. T- I think I only like good things. Mm, that's that's kind of right. like it's kind of a character trait of mine <laughs> to only like good things. Uh, it's just part of part of my personality, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're. Oh, it's like I want to make fun of you, but it's. Uh, he's right. He does uh, like uh, all good things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's another one for you. Um, name a time when you had to change your mind. So you had a judgment Ooh. about something or someone. And then something happened, and you realized, oh, no, I was wrong. That's a good question. I thought, maybe this was more hope, but I thought LeBron James was going to be a bust. Oh, yeah. No, that's wow. a good one. Hindsight is 20. Yeah, that was a bad call. Wow. That was a bad, glad I didn't put any sort of money on that <laughs> or anything like that. But I was partly it was a hope. Partly I mm. just, anytime there's hype behind somebody, mm. I want them to fail. It's kind of a thing. Um, but uh, so I was always, but I kind of thought, ah, he's, he's right out of high school. This isn't going to be, mm-hmm. who is that? Who is that guy, Kwame Brown, that the yeah. Wizards took right out of high school? That yeah. was supposed to be a big deal. I thought he was going to be that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I've had to change my mind on that one. You, you were expecting more of an Andrew Wiggins situation. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're not bad. I, mean, yeah. I couldn't beat you, but all yeah. these professionals can. Yep. Um, I think I've gone, like, where I've expected something to be good, and then I'm like, oh, that's not. Because I was, I was making a judgment based on their reputation. So growing up, I remember uh, music was a big thing for me and my group, and it was, it was, a, it was a, like a status symbol, like what bands you liked. And this was in the like, era of everybody shopped at Hot Topic, so you got to like, represent <laughs> right. Incubus and all that stuff. But I remember thinking, like, everybody loves um, Dave Matthews' band. And I never really got around to listening to him. And then I went to one of their concerts with a friend who had an extra ticket, and I started listening to him. I'm like, oh wow, they're not very good. Like I just don't like them huh. at all. And and it was one of those things where I just I, it was almost like I wasn't allowed to say that in public. Mm-mm. I can't blaspheme it's Jesus true. or Dave Matthews. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm sticking with it. I just I do not like it. Now, and part of it is I like jam bands like Fish, mm. and so I thought this was like the coloring book version of Fish. Um, so. But so it's, you're cool now. Like now, Dave Matthews got so liked that it became cool to not like Dave Matthews' band. Yeah, but, but in now the, you were ahead of the curve. In the that. in yeah. the thick of it, I was like, I don't think I'm allowed to say this. Yeah, yeah. You're a trendsetter. That's all we can say. Yep. Well, um, you know, we know everybody listens to our podcast. We just want to throw out an apology to LeBron for Drew's doubt <laughs> and Dave. We know you're out there. I believe listening. in you now, LeBron. We know you're listening with Gunger. You guys are buds. <laughs> And we just want to say sorry. Really, really sorry about that. Drew will write my apology yes, like he did uh, last time. On Twitter, if we ever find our accounts again. Okay, my first more serious question for you today on the topic of judgment. Why do we hate it so much? It seems like the thing that you're not allowed to 
be about. Like, if you're a judgy person, you might as well be dead. That's because the worst. Yeah, that that's is the, like worst. the worst thing you could be labeled. Like, no one wants to be with that person yeah. because if you're judgmental, you're pretty much dead to everyone else. Yeah, and I remember when it was, like, the word was that person's judgmental. But judgy is the new. It's judgy. Yeah, yep. you're, you're so judgy. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about this with uh, the sermon, the the, the uh, Christmas sermon I'm <laughs> preaching on judgment. You know, kind of your standard mm, holly yeah. jolly Christmas mm-hmm. stuff. Um so I've been thinking about that a little bit, like what is it that we don't, and what is weird, one of the things that just dawned on me in the last few days is how much um, like the, the concept of justice has never been at, at a higher point. Like people, mm-hmm. is, has never been more popular, the idea of justice and, and those kinds of things in society and things being right. So justice is like at, at an all-time high, but judgment um, and being judgy is like at an all-time low, and that's really fascinating to me. I think part of it, I really do think a lot of it is judgment implies, um, Im- at least it, it seems to imply authority over someone. That like if I'm judging you, then that means I have some level of authority to say whether Justin is right or wrong or good or bad or worthy or unworthy. And that's where that kind of who are you to judge, that's kind of what they're saying. is like who are you? To like, wh- what gives you the right, the the authority, the moral high ground to say that you know better than me, or that you that that I am not up to whatever your standards? And mm. I think that that's something that we just th- that idea of someone else has an authority or ha- has the ability, the right to determine whether I'm good enough, just goes all over us. We hate that idea. Yeah, and I, I also think that we, I, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's there's different arenas in which we talk about judgment so there's society at large and then there's talk of it in the church right and then i think in in society at large part of the reason why i don't like you to take like this moral um um superiority position over me is because i haven't even agreed with you that there is like a moral norm for you to take and Mm -hmm. like morals are so fluid so it just feels it feels less like an appeal to a, uh, an objective moral standard because we probably don't even agree on whether one exists or if we do the the, the same one exists. Um, it pro- it feels very personal. Then it's yeah. like you're attacking me, the man, mm-hmm. because you're you're presuming something over me that I haven't even agreed to these terms, and yet you're yeah. you're like standing over me morally, and so. I think that's a big reason. That that's true. It feels yeah. frustrating. That's true. I wonder how much of it is too. Like we like to be the judge. Like you, I like your talk on authority. We don't like others having authority over us. So we may not put it in these terms, but that would mean we're not the ones making the mm-hmm. call. And so we have. We all have opinions. We all make judgments on things happening in the world, or policies, or people, or whatever, and our opinion is gold a little bit and mm-hmm. to say speak against that in a you know a, a bold way to have authority over me means that i'm no longer the judge yeah. i'm no longer the authority and so it's a little bit just this <clears throat> you, not just that we don't like people having authority over us but directly we don't like when we're not in charge when yeah. we're not the ones making yeah. the final call yeah. so any others any others you can think of why we don't like it i mean this touches this is this is like a super simple answer but i just i think it and it's connected to what we said i think it just sounds mean mm-hmm. and so when i specifically think of like god as judge like i don't know if there's i mean depending on who you're talking to but there are even christians who would say yeah god has authority over me god has the right to 
judge all those things. And yet they still probably would prefer not to emphasize that very much, that aspect, because yep. it just doesn't sound very loving. It's uh, like he has the authority to, but, but I don't want to think of God primarily as judge. Yeah. Because judge sounds mean. And, and is that, doesn't, that, that doesn't seem to fit with like the God of the Bible, specifically the God of the New Testament with Jesus and, and love your enemies yeah. and, and all those kinds of things. That doesn't sound like the kind of God that we, that we like and worship, right? Yeah, it's almost like the, you know you you need to line up with it, but you don't. You really hope no one brings it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in Sunday school last week, we were talking through um, what do we do with the law as like post cross Christians, and and I just said like some of these things are really hard to talk about, and and I likened it to I said I teach our membership class, and so I explain what life at Sunnybrook is like, and so but there's this part like I always swallow hard when it comes to like and we practice church discipline and I told my class I said it feels like as I'm explaining our church to people yeah we do this and we support this and we do this and we also support slavery that's what it feels like when I say and we do church discipline like to to emphasize God's role as judge in the lives of anyone in general but even still in the church and I'm sure we'll get to that too it's like hope that you don't ask a follow-up question to this because it just feels it it feels mean you're right i think another aspect is we like it conceptually and even like corporately we like the idea of justice like Mm -hmm. you said justice is a is very high Mm -hmm. it's highlighted right now um but judgment is low i think because we like the concept for a in general we don't very much like it for me and so on an individualistic level it's not as as fun it's yeah. not as enjoyable it's not as uh not as seen as such a high thing because I, that makes us not able to do what we want when we want it kind of goes against the other big mantra of live your best life now or yolo okay mm-hmm. you only live once yeah. or you know individualistic culture we can kind of do what we want when we want with who we want to do it as long as we're happy pursue happiness mm-hmm. and so if someone's making a judgment on us that means we can't do that which I, that probably means that that's the higher personal mantra is do what you want be happy yeah well wh- how how tasteful does judgment sound when we probably inherently don't trust each other very much how I many how many judgments have been made um, legally or otherwise that were just proved to be wrong down the yeah, road yeah. and so it's it, you just feel nervous at some of the um like the objective finality that judgment sounds like it comes with you know um to say you are wrong that's a pretty strong statement um and i'm appealing to a number of different things and if you if you don't have a relationship with me if we don't share the same objective you know standard it's altogether normal for you to say yeah i just who are you, Ryan? I just don't know if I can trust well, your hate, judgment here. We hate hypocrites, too. It's yeah. like you start tell, talking against me. It's like all I want to do is be defensive and tell you here's all the things I see that you're wrong about, too. And so we, we don't like hearing it from other messed up people. Like, sure, even if we're willing to admit, like, sure, you're right. We're not maybe going to be quick to admit it because we want to point out your flaws, too. If you want to drill down to one of the biggest reasons judgment is difficult. I mean, pride is probably it. It's at the, it's at the core of a lot of what we're talking about. We struggle with pride. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be exposed, but I don't even want to be told in private that I'm wrong. Sure. Mm-hmm. So related to that, what are some of the biggest misconceptions then about judgment and 
you know, directly related justice and uh, how do we try to rectify those? Maybe some conceptual ideas, but then biblical ideas. What are some misconceptions about judgment that we hold? Um, I'll, I'll say, like, let me say, as I've been thinking through this, I think the root of a lot of it, um, other than things like pride and stuff like that, but I think a, a root of a lot of our misunderstandings come from the idea that this, I, the, the, the word judge, both in English and in the Greek, krino, I think is the word in the mm-hmm. Greek, both in English and have a wide range of semantics. Like they mm-hmm. have a wide range of definitions. Um, they can mean, uh, they can mean to, to discern. It can mean to condemn. It can mean to, in the Greek, literally, it can mean to separate out, to like kind yeah. of parse out different things. It can mean to punish. It can mean to, um, to make a preference, like in a, a statement of opinion, your preference over things or what's, what is better. It can mean all these different things. And I think what we tend to do is we muddy up all those definitions mm-hmm. together. Uh, we, we, and we just kind of make one, th- we kind of almost assume it all in one, right? So even like this idea of, I think when we think of God and judgment, the first place we go is punishment. That's what, that's almost, those yep. are almost interchangeable. God, Meaning, punishment when, is. When God judges, he will punish. He will uh, bring wrath down, whether that's, whether that's con- condemning people to hell or whether that's whatever, plagues in the Bible or those kinds of things. And yep. that's what we think when we think of God's judgment. We think of him punishing. But actually, biblically, that's there. But biblically, actually, the, the idea of judging is something that's a very, like, rounded thing. God's judgment has a lot to do with upholding righteousness and vindicating. In fact, I was—so here's—you'll you'll see in the Old Testament the, the people of Israel cry out for God to judge a lot. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and sometimes they mean punish wrongdoing, but they mean, like, Psalm 43. We read this in, uh, in our staff chapel. Psalm 43.1 says—let me see if I got it here— uh, vindicate me, God, and champion my cause. The word is literally the Hebrew word shafat, which is judge. It literally yeah. is judge me, God, and champion my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from the deceitful and unjust person. Or Psalm 67, let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on the earth. And a lot of times, uh, Isaiah, I'll be preaching from Isaiah 11, talks about the Messiah is going to judge the poor with righteousness and Mm. judge the oppressed with faithfulness. And the idea is not in those things. Condemn the poor, condemn the oppressed. It is he's going to maintain justice. He's going to vindicate them. He's going to defend the innocent. And so God's judgment in the Bible is is looked at as this really beautiful thing. It's him. Think about this. Actually, if, if I were to ask you like a a judge, like a justice of the peace, what is a justice of the peace's primary job? I don't think most people would first go punishing crime. Like, I don't know if that's, I, that's a big part of what they do, but I think we would say it is to uphold the law and mm-hmm. to maintain justice, to make sure that society is fair and right. And that's what God's judgment is, yeah. which does involve punishment, but it's a lot bigger than that. And so I think that's one of the reasons we just cram the idea of judgment and we just make it condemnation. That's the same thing. Or punishment, yeah. that's the same thing. And, it, and it's not. It's a lot bigger and, and richer and more beautiful than that, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think that extends to, um, so that's kind of like a God to humanity relationship. I think it also extends to, um, uh, brother to brother relationship in the church. Um, because I think a lot of times where 
the concept of judgment is invoked in the New Testament, it is probably more um, akin to discerning what is true. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when we were preaching Revelation uh, last month, I had the, the, the letter to the church in Pergamum. And they are, they are praised by Jesus for their discernment to refuse and rebuke the teaching of Balaam and the teachings of the Nicolaitans. And it's like that they are, they are told, um, this is good that you have been able to judge rightly that this is not, that, th that this is improper and to not follow it. And they're praised for that. And so kind of the, the long and the short of that message was that there is a, there is a, um, a godly intolerance that's called to, that, that the church is called to have within the church. And I made like a very clear distinction. Like we're not called to go out and, and judge the world that the gospel does that, but within um, our judgment often looks like discerning what is good and what is righteous yeah. and then working hard to, to live by that and to um, put to death in us that which is, is not right. Yeah. And so judgment is it, it like I, I don't have the ability to look at sin in either of your lives and condemn you. My 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 task is instead to to preach repentance and to to help you discern what is godly and to turn towards that. Yes. Well, you take like a look at a couple of famous passages in Matthew that are blending some of these ideas. The Matthew seven text, yes, where it says, "Do not judge, or I'll judge you with the same level that you're judging yes. others." Then he goes into talking about. You know, before you try to go after your brother and take the speck out of his eye, take the log out of your yes. own, which means you've got to be able to recognize the speck in someone's life. You've got to be able to yes. recognize the log. And those are yeah. evaluations. Those are not judgments on somebody's salvation, but those are discernments and evaluations on what's sinful and what's right, what's not yeah. right in someone's life. It's don't. It, he's not saying don't evaluate others. He's saying do so in a non-hypocritical way. That's, yeah. that's the message there. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's that very, which again, I think comes back to, we will, here's one of the misunderstandings. Christians should not judge. And again, what they're doing is they're taking, they're, they're mudding all the different ideas of judgment up and, and, and pushing it all together when it's like, no, they, what, what Jesus is talking about is do not, like you said, hypocritically and overly harshly mm -hmm. without, a, without, without mercy, without forgiveness in your heart bring judgment or condemnation on your friend because he yeah like you said justin the very next sentence he's like yeah you still go to your friend and you still point out the sin but you yeah. you better be aware of what's there are, there better be a humility in you that is able to see your own sin and to deal with that first he'll even later in that passage he'll say like um, basically you'll know a tree by its fruit so like when someone comes to you teaching Make a judgment about the fruit in their life. Look at that. Discern that. And then you can determine whether they're worth listening to and whether they're yeah. worth, worth following. And That's so. Acts 17.11. So one of the uses of anacrino to evaluate or judge something is the Bereans. Yes, they literally yes. judge what Paul is saying to see if it's according to the yes. scriptures. And they're considered, what, more noble? Is that what it says? Yes. More noble yeah. than the Thessalonians because they judged what Paul was saying. And, yeah. And Paul in Romans 12 connects judgment or discernment to, to love. In Romans 12, 9, he says, let love be without hypocrisy. And then he says, detest evil and cling to what is good, which implies an ability to make right judgments. He says, your love is to be without hypocrisy. And that manifests itself in the ability to, to, to recognize evil, but instead to cling to what is good. In 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love passage, 
the second most famous love passage after First John 4. He says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it's not boastful, it's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, not irritable, does not keep record of wrongs. And then verse 6, love finds no joy in unrighteousness but rejoices in the truth. And it's like for, for Paul, it's, it's very strange that when we, when we just, you know, casually speak of judgment, it sounds so unloving. And yet judge, like the, the ability to make right judgments is just baked into how Paul talks about ways we love one another in the church. Yeah, so misconception is that all judgment is bad when actually probably better to say good judgment is always good and bad judgment is always yeah. bad. Yeah. Be yeah. more discerning with that. That's the uh, the one thing I say, you know, Matthew 7, Jesus says, do not judge or you will be judged. Uh, John 7, he says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly, mm-hmm. which is right, right in line with you. So bad judging is bad. Judging right. with a hypocritical nature or with um, by mere appearances without actually using discernment or with, with a lack of humility, with a lack of um, mercy within you. That is wrong. But to, to make wise discernments to call truth truth and lies lies with a humble spirit is something we're called to do you yeah. know and i think i think humility the the humility aspect you bring up it highlights another another thing that i've been as, as i've been thinking about your sermon since we talked about it on monday i thought another another thing that like trips us up on the matter of judgment is how quickly i we tend to make strong judgments um, and in the end, I find a lot of times that my judgments were close, but not quite because I just didn't have like the divine perspective on a situation. I always find out there's more to a story than I knew. And so I've, I've tried to discipline myself to, to not give up on making judgments, but to do so with the humility that says time will bear out more truth as we go along. So, um, maybe, um, a firm but gentle judgment is in order instead of kind of the kind of judgment. You sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got I've got one. So I, I had these three kind of main misunderstandings that I thought I want to kind of correct. And one was that you know to assume that all God's judgment has to do with punishment and wrath, which it doesn't. The other is that Christians should never judge. Um, is another misunderstanding. Here's here's another one I had, but I don't even know if I'm fully with it. So I'll I'll kind of ask you guys this question. Um, one misunderstanding is that Christians should be afraid of judgment. Um, so so I guess the kind of the question is: Is that a misunderstanding? or Is that true? Will Christians be? Will Christians face God's judgment? Will those who are who have placed their faith in Jesus face God's judgment? I can give. A partial answer. My my soteriology, my understanding of the process of salvation and the effects of it and all of that says that a Christian, should they choose to walk away from Christ, will enter back into judgment Okay, in that sense. Um, but then in terms of like a faithful believer to the end, I, I, I don't know if I call it judgment. I start to think in terms of God's blessings that he gives for faithfulness and and. Um, his his kind of withholding of certain blessings because of a lack of faithfulness that didn't necessarily amount to apostasy. Yeah. And so that's where I, I don't know if I have like good words for it. And, and, and Justin, maybe maybe you've got something more clear on that. But that's that's where I start to get it. Maybe he does kind of judge us. Yeah, I think. Yes, I think First uh, Corinthians talks about this passage where all of our works, all the things we've done for him are going to be tested by fire. 
mm-hmm. in that sense, like mm-hmm. evaluated by God. But he's not even he's not necessarily talking in the salvific sense. He's just saying, hey, for all the Christians, so I, I, I agree with what you're saying, so I'm just going to give some text for it. All Christians, everything you've done for me, quote unquote, is going to be evaluated, and mm-hmm. I'm going to test it. Whatever remains, you'll be rewarded for. Whatever doesn't, won't last. But First you'll Peter be talks yeah, like that you'll too. be saved. Yeah. Like your your salvation's secure yeah. because you're in Christ. Um, but there really is a sense in which, on the other side of it, people who there are going to be people who think they're good with God, who think they have peace with God, that have a false sense of security. Many people will cry to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say to them, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, like there are people who will listen and think, I am a Christian, but actually you're not in Christ because you haven't mm-hmm. submitted to Christ as both your king and your God. Yeah. And so in that sense, there will be some who are standing before God and thinking, I'm a Christian. I don't I don't have to fear judgment because there's no condemnation for those who are now in Christ Jesus. Yeah, right? which is true. Which Romans is true. 8, 1, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is true. But there are also some who will have claimed Jesus as, oh, you, yeah, I'm, I'm in with Jesus, but actually I never knew you. You didn't actually follow me. You didn't mm-hmm. feed You didn't those who needed food. You didn't clothe those who needed clothes. You didn't visit those people in prison. You actually didn't obey me by loving God and loving people. Mm-hmm. So you who think you're good with God actually aren't. So in that sense, yes and no. To answer yeah, yeah, your question, yeah. there really is no fear for those who are in Christ and following yeah. Christ and who are faithful and repenting when they do realize they need to uh, repent of a sin. But at the same time, there are those who are not truly in Christ, who are yeah. not submitted to him, who do need to fear. Yeah. So for those who are, yeah, for those who are in Christ, then there is no, the passage, and I was just looking up because I just wanted to make sure I had it right, you know, the uh First John four eighteen. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. Mm-hmm. So one who fears is not complete in love. Um, so this idea of like uh, we don't have to fear like a punishment or a condemnation coming to us. But but there are like you said there are multiple multiple texts in the Bible that hold out like a hey but God's judgment does come on those who are not in Christ. So examine yeah. yourself. Be yeah. sure that you are faithfully. That you that you you really know him that yeah. you've placed your faith in him. Second Corinthians thirteen, right? Yeah, test yourself. Right. Uh, but I, I again, maybe we play with like the semantic range of judgment because um, I could also say God is judging rightly as he yeah. as he purifies me and disciplines me because that's that's Hebrews twelve. We were yes. is that Hebrews ten? No, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I don't know. End of Hebrews. The yeah. Hebrews twelve says, my son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you're reproved by him. And I, I bet you, I don't, I don't know what word that reproved is. No. Um, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. And so okay. there's a, there's even a difference of God's, um, God's judgment of condemnation and God's um, uh, recognition that, that, that purification and discipline is in order. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Another misconception I thought of is you actually mentioned like, yeah, you have the mean judgmental God of the Old Testament. Then you have the nice, mm-hmm. sweet God of the New Testament. Judgment, judging, judge is used over 200 times in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. 200 times. So to act like judgment isn't part of the New Testament is just a farce. It's actually you're picking and choosing what text you want to remember and look at 200 times. The other thing that I think is a misconception is that yeah, going along with the God is mean when he's judging. Actually God is 
proven faithful and trustworthy when he judges. Mm -hmm. If I make a promise that says, I will give you $10 if you do this job, and if you don't do this job, then I will not give you $10 and I won't hire you ever again, Mm -hmm. and then you don't do the job and I keep giving you money and I keep hiring you, I would actually not be very trustworthy with my promises. Mm -hmm. So if God says, hey, I'm going to bless you and give you this land and I'm going to give you this family and I'm going to send you a son through which all the rest of the world will be saved if you're faithful to me. And then he actually doesn't hold his word. We don't find him to be a trustworthy person. Yeah. So actually when God judges because we're not faithful to him, he is shown to be faithful. Yeah. And so that's the other, like that well, the, f- the judgment is a, another side of his faithfulness. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to go again, it's like remembering that God's judgment is bigger than just punishing. It is vindicating the righteous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the really good news. You know, he talks a lot about, uh, Paul talks a lot about God justifying us in Jesus. And therefore, like, we know this, that God punishes sin and vindicates righteousness. That's, that's the kind of judge he is. He always gets it right. He always does it right. And the really good news for us is like that in Jesus Christ, we have been counted as righteous. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we can trust that that's what, that's going to be the judgment. Right. Um, and so that's the really good news is like when, when we talk about God being the judge of the earth, both in old and new Testament, it's, we're talking about a God who is one day going to make everything right. And who's one day going to make it where there is no more oppression and there Mm -hmm. is no more um, there is no more powerful taking uh, advantage of the weak. And there is no you know what I mean, that that God will make everything as it should be and all sins will be punished. But for those who are in Christ, our sins were already punished by by a just God when they were punished on Jesus instead Mm -hmm. of us. So it's like if if you think of the last couple of years in the. the, the prominence of various social justice movements. It's like whichever side of that you fall on, I, I, I have um, just a thought. And it's like for those of us who um, just think that all social justice movements are an attempt for one group to, to take control over another group and, and we're really suspicious of it. Well, uh, let me just say that the principle behind like social justice raining down is actually a pretty divine idea. Biblical, yeah. It's very biblical. And then for those of us who love every social justice movement and think that we need to 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 work hard to make all of these things come to fruition, let me just say I have. Uh, it's not often that you see a social justice movement that has as their end result, their their intended um, end. Um, biblical concepts of righteousness (laughs) and so like the bible sets the terms for both justice to come but also for the resultant righteousness and so i think that um, everyone would benefit benefit from taking these concepts and looking at the biblical text and saying what of this is of god and what of this is some sort of socially constructed idea that is not necessarily biblical that's good well one any last thoughts before we roll out of here good Okay. Only last thought for me is this thought here. Uh, there is either morality or there is not. There, e- there is either right and wrong or there's not. And so if there is, if you believe that there is morality, if you believe there is right or wrong, who gets to decide? Is it me? Probably most of us agree, yes, uh, at some level. Um, is it our culture? Is it our government? Okay, probably most of us know our governments, societies, cultures can't fully be trusted. And even people can't fully be trusted. So there has to be someone who sets the standard. And we believe that that is God. And we believe that only God can make right just judgments every time. And we actually want him to. We want him to condemn evil, to make what is wrong right, to make what is broken whole. We believe God can do that because he is a perfect, holy, and righteous judge. That's all we got for today. If you have any questions for us you'd like to hear us talk about on Consider This, 
shoot them our way. Send them to steve at sunnybrookcc.org or reach out to any of us. We love you, and we hope to see you all or hear from you all soon. Bye-bye.